to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, I'm not going to apologize, but I have the fun word today, joy. Anybody know what that word means? That's a good word, right? In the Lord, that's a great word. And so if you got your scripture with you, uh, I'm going to introduce this word and talk about this word, and then we're going to have another testimony come forward this morning. Uh, I will be in Philippians chapter 4. Trey actually referenced this verse last week, but such a good verse for us to look at when it comes to um, just the word joy. Um, And as you turn there, just excited to be with you today, thankful to be in God's house, celebrating this Christmas season, amen. Uh, Merry Christmas, ain't no happy holidays up in here, all right? Merry Christmas, right? We're so thankful you're here with us today, Um, and so I want to share this scripture with you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I feel like I need to be Tony Evans reading this verse, and I just don't got it, Um, but this, let me read it. I mean, you can get excited because this is a good verse, right? Chapter four, or verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near and do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So a couple of things as we just focus in on this word um, and what it means in Christ, this word joy. First of all, remember this. Rejoicing is a command. It's a command. And so when a command is given, there's also something that follows in a command. And I want to tell you this. It's my little rhyme, my little hip-hop thing today, all right? To rejoice is a choice. All right? If you're going to rejoice, you got to make a choice. Because there are circumstances, there are things that are going to happen in this life that want to affect your joy. Wants to strip it right out of you. And if if the enemy can get to your joy, he can get to a lot of other things in your life. If he can strip that joy out of you. You know, it takes 72 muscles to frown and 14 to smile. Did you know that? It's an incredible thing to know what we have in Christ. Amen? To rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. You want to sing the song with me? Right? It's a command for us. And how can we rejoice in some of the things, and you think about your life and the things that you've been through. Think think about the things that have gone on and the things that happened. How can we rejoice in those things and things that are taking place? Well, if you look, I'm glad you asked. If you look... In Corinthians, I want to, I want to read this, Second, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, simply says this, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. Woohoo! 
That's why we can rejoice, church, right? That's why we can rejoice because eternity is ours as believers. We win, if you didn't know. We win. There's lots of battles. There's lots of circumstantial things that the enemy is after and circumstantial things inside of you. But you need to know this. You can take another breath and you can rejoice and you can rejoice again. Because why? Because Christ is on the throne and he's waiting for me. Right? He knows my name. That's the reason we can rejoice. Amen? We can rejoice in all circumstances when our hearts are based in eternity. We can rejoice because we win. We win. So if death comes, the promise is what? Eternity shores if you know who Christ is, right? There is no separation in the love of Christ. Amen? No matter what comes, sickness, all the things that happen in this, that, that this world throws after us. If you know who Christ is, all has been made right and all will be made new. I cannot imagine heaven with no tears. Because there's been moments of rejoicing in my life. When my twins came out, and over 50% of the time, the type of twins we had, 50, 50, about only one of them makes it. They were Momo twins. And they came out in their cord. They were in the same sack together. And their cord, they, they were really worried about their cord getting knotted up together and one getting nutrients cut off and all those things. And I remember when they came out and their cord was just tangled and there was no knot. I don't know how you can rejoice in moments like that. When I see Jesus, how do I not cry? How do I not cry? How do we not rejoice? How is there no tears in heaven? What kind of rejoicing is it? What kind of love is that? You know what I mean? Where there's no tears that fall anymore. That's the kind of love I want. Amen, church? That's the kind of love that we, we want to focus on. But you got to remember this is, Joy is always under construction. How about the construction on the way out to Bushland for a long time on the loop and everything? Whoo, praise Jesus. We need to have an altar call, right? Altar call, right? Joy is always under construction, but when that path is made clear, it's made right. Right? It's made right. And as Jason and Tina Eubanks gotten to sit with them and um, be with them and hear their stories. They come and testify today. I love this, and I want to end on this. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Elliot said this, everything if given to God can become your gateway to joy. If you hand things to Jesus, no matter if it's sadness today, no matter if it's rejection, no matter if it's divorce, no matter if it's suffering, no matter if it's the worst thing ever, if you hand it to God, he can make a pathway to joy in it because he takes ashes and he turns them into beauty. There are promises all over scripture, amen, of what God can do. And so as we thought through this, we just had to give the word joy to Jason and Tina Eubanks. And so if you don't know them, hopefully you'll get to know them today. And so I'm gonna invite them to come. Jason and Tina, will you come? Y'all can give it up. Jason owns Southwest Body. And Tina just runs her mouth at the office and takes care of everything else. And so I'm, I have a good relationship with her. I'm just kidding. She's very important to him. Very important. So I'm going to hand it to y'all. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I am called number two all the time, just so everybody knows. Uh, as, as Kate said, we are Jason and Tina Eubanks. And um, 
and I wanted to kind of start a little bit with um, with with giving a definition, a biblical definition of joy. Um, biblical joy is choosing to respond to external circumstances with inner contentment and satisfaction because we know that God will use these experiences to accomplish his work in and through our lives, even during times of trials and sufferings. Joy is a choice, as, as Kate said. Um, joy is an emotion that's acquired by the anticipation, acquisition, or even the expectation of something great or wonderful. The biblical definition of joy says that joy is a feeling of good pleasure and happiness that is dependent on who Jesus is rather than <clears throat> on who we are or what is happening around us. Joy comes from the Holy Spirit, abiding in God's presence, and from hope in his word. Um, I give that definition because um, I, my background, I did not grow up in church. Um, both my parents were, were extremely hard workers. They both owned their own business. My dad owned a backhoe and ditching service when I was a kid. My mother owned a restaurant called the Hitch and Rail Cafe uh, out on the Old Cod Highway, and, uh, and they both worked seven days a week. They were extremely hard workers, um, which I'm thankful for. They instilled a work ethic in me that, um, that I wouldn't trade for. Um, but, but bringing this up, because when I finally did start getting into church, you know, um, people would start with a word or, a, or something, and, and a lot of times I didn't know what it meant. You know, somebody would ask me, uh, Hey, I'd love to hear your testimony. Well, I'd love to hear it too. What's a testimony? You know, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. You know, <laughs> so that's the reason I kind of opened with wanting to give a, a definition of joy. Um, and and in talking about my parents being hard workers and all that, my sweet mother is sitting over here, and um, I do want to say that uh, that she is now an an amazing child of God. Um, one of the strongest prayer warriors in this room, I can assure you. I praise for, for Tina and I and our kids constantly with her co-workers at Faith City Ministries. They're just beautiful people. Um, as, as a kid, um, you know, I, I, I didn't go to church much at all. I did run around with the preacher's kids every now and then, but occasionally... <laughs> Occasionally, they would get me to go to church in a little church called Pullman Road Baptist. It was actually a little single wide trailer. Uh, that was our church out there. And, and uh, every now and then I did go, but I just wasn't consistent at going. Um, but, but looking back, I did, feel, um, I did feel the presence of God. I felt that God was, was guiding me. You know, God was definitely, um, he had plans for me. At that time, I didn't know it, but looking back, I, I definitely do know that now. Um, fast forward a little bit. I got married at the age of 26. Um, had a had a daughter at the age of 27. Um, that, that marriage failed. That marriage was short-lived. Um, God was definitely not at the forefront of that marriage, and, and um, unfortunately, it failed. Um, I do know now that how important it is to have God and Jesus in your life, especially in your marriage, at the forefront of it. Um, you just you just can't make a marriage work without it. I mean, um, after after that, I, of course, I was a single dad with a single kid, and um, that's when I met the love of my life. 
Uh, we, we met at a uh, wonderful little sports bar here in town called Hummers, <laughs> of all places. Yeah, beautiful romantic place if you haven't been there. <laughs> we still go every week we, and eat lunch. We do go there every week, you're right. Uh, anyway, uh, met Tina, found out real quick how opposites attract. I'm, I'm a uh, huge UT fan. She is a... Uh, Boomer Sooner. Sooner, Yes. Yes, thank goodness we beat the pants off of them this year. <laughs> so tired of hearing about it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, that kind of gives you a little bit of my background up to, to meeting Tina. Good morning. So I was raised in a very um, legalistic Christian home, Christian home, very uh, different at church than my home life was. Um, my mom left us my senior year of high school. My dad cried all the time. I guess back then, divorce wasn't really a good thing or a, a known thing or talked about. And so I felt like the church really turned their back on my dad and our family. My dad cried all the time, and it was a mess. And so I was working a job in Oklahoma, and um, they asked me to move to Amarillo. And I literally had never heard of Amarillo in my entire life. I had to pull out, it's how long it's been, a paper map to see where Amarillo was. I had no idea. And I wasn't fancy. Didn't have one of those cool phones in your bag or whatever. We didn't have any of that. So came to Amarillo all by myself. Um, worked at this job. Ended up in a really bad situation. Uh, not chosen by a coworker. And I was really angry at God over the whole deal with my parents and how I felt God was in church. Felt like it was legalistic. If it was anything like what I was raised in, I wanted no part of God in any way, shape, or form. So moved to Amarillo and was very angry with God, but ended up in this situation and thought, oh, biscuits and gravy, here we go. And I remember telling God, if you are real, if you are real, please just get me out of this situation and I will never, ever deny you again if you'll just get me out of this situation. And by his mercy and grace, I don't know how, he got me out of this situation. And I, from then on, have never denied him, got my act back together and the, the next day ended up at Walmart, of course, because we all have to go to Walmart. It's ritual. I had really nothing, lived on peanut butter, and if I was lucky, had jelly. Um, and a guy in the parking lot at Walmart said, hey, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you go to church anywhere? And I was like, oh, you're, you've got to be kidding me. So he invited me to go to church with him. I went to church, got my act back together, lived for the Lord, worked hard, um, I still didn't really know many people. I was kind of in a, a, a great group at this church. Ended up meeting um, what is now my ex-husband. Um, after meeting him, uh, we were told that I could not have any children at all um, due to, to some massive trauma in my past. And I was okay with that. It was going to be fine. We, we were ministers at a couple of churches here in Amarillo, and uh, again, by God's grace and mercy, God gave me four amazing boys that I would not trade for anything, uh, twins in the middle. And uh, as we served, we ended up, before we divorced, in a church that was a beautiful church with beautiful people. And my ex decided that God wasn't for him, and marriage wasn't for him, and having children wasn't for him, and... So we, uh, he left, and I was devastated. So 
years back, being raised by my mother and dad, my mom always told me that I was the only planned child and the biggest mistake. So I failed my mom years ago, was rejected by her. Now I'm rejected by my ex-husband. And, but I hadn't failed my children yet. And I was going to be the best mom that I could ever be to them. I was in nursing school when he left, um, had no job, but was trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do with four boys. All I wanted to do was be a nurse and be a mama. And that, that was what was important to me. And I didn't know how I was going to do that. And so again, by God's mercy, I'm sitting on the floor of our living room of our house, not knowing how I was going to keep a roof over my kid's head, how I was going to feed them, what I was going to do. And by God's mercy and grace, people at the church we were at chose to get together and collect money and pay for my bills for my children and I so that I could finish nursing school and so that I could provide for them. They did not have to do that, but their beauty and obedience to Jesus allowed me to finish nursing school and allowed me to take care of my babies, which I would not trade for anything. During this, my mother-in-law at the time never, ever, ever left my side. She worked full-time. My father-in-law worked full-time. They would drop absolutely anything and everything to help with my boys, get them to school events, whatever it took. Um, she, I know through the years I've done things that she was not proud of or did not like, but she never, ever judged me. She never said an unkind word for me, and I know she prayed for us constantly, and she has always been the hands and feet of Jesus in my children and I's lives. Um, years, I, I finished nursing school. Um, I was working two jobs, took my boards for nursing, didn't pass. And I thought, well, dad, gamut, here I go again. Now I've failed my mom. I've failed my ex-husband. And now I've failed my children. I can't even pass my boards. And I thought, forget it. I'm done. I'll just keep working, taking, I'm very thankful, very, very thankful to make it this far that the church people were kind enough to pay our bills and take care of us. Um, and my children got to see God's beauty in all of that. And so I was determined I was never going to marry again. I didn't need a man. I just needed Jesus and my children. That's all I needed. And uh, one of, come to find out, a mutual friend of ours, uh, she took me out and took me to Hummer's. And I look over and she said, who are you looking at? And I said, some cute guy with a very ugly UT hat. Uh-huh. <laughs> Still don't like it. Uh. But, so that's when I met him. <laughs> Little did I know that, I mean, he's an only child with an only child. Who would want to marry somebody with four teenage boys? That's not an attractive thing at all. <laughs> but here we are. Uh, Shortly after we got together, my ex-father-in-law, not my father-in-law, my uh, stepdad, my stepfather, uh, called, said he couldn't handle my mom anymore, ended up killing himself. And so my boys and I are devastated beyond belief. We loved him so much. And I remember him looking at me and just saying, I'm going to pray for you. And it was the first time I truly felt like when somebody said, because you hear all the time, I'm going to pray. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. You hear it all the time. It was the first time I genuinely felt like somebody's really going to pray for me. And I knew that was true. And so that was a beautiful moment to me. And then um, 
after that, uh, I forgot what I was going to tell you. With your boards, maybe? Oh, then I, again, a little bit later, a while later, he had just asked me, are you going to, are you ever going to take your test for your nursing? And I was like, nope, did that once, not doing that again. And he was like, but you're so smart and you're, you're going to be fine. You're going to do it. And I thought, oh my gosh, he believes in me. Took my boards, passed my test. It was just God's timing. It wasn't, it wasn't time yet, but it was nice to have somebody believe in me again. So we end up Staying permanent. He stuck with a Sooner fan through and through. I keep trying to change him. It hasn't happened yet. But everybody's got a flaw. That's his flaw. Right, right. If that's the only flaw he's got. Yeah. I will say that being an only child with an only child and coming to dinner with a family of five was quite a uh, surprise, uh, to say the least. Uh, we were used to everything being fairly quiet. There was nothing quiet about that in any way. They were not loud. But, <laughs> but I wouldn't trade for it. I love those boys dearly. I truly, I truly do. Um, those are my boys as far as I'm concerned. Um, I did decide. We did decide we were going to get married at some point. And I did decide years, if I was ever going to get married again, that whatever man came into my house and was going to be in the home with my four boys that I had to allow them to parent my children. I had seen so many times where people got married and it was them and us and it was never joined together. And if a man was coming in my house, he was, I would have to let go of control and let him be the parent to my children. That means he was going to say things to my children that were not, I would not approve of, I'm sure, or do something, say something that was never discussed in front of our boys ever. Yeah. Um, and I'm thankful I did because he has been a genuine example of selflessness and kindness to our boys. When it created a, a great deal of respect between me and the boys, God, they, I have so much respect for them and, and vice versa. I feel like they have respect for me. It just, and it just created a love and a joy that you can't imagine just, just her allowing, allowing that for sure. It really did. Um, a little after meeting with Tina, you know, I, I'd mentioned that I really wasn't going to church. Even in the previous marriage, we didn't go to church. But after meeting with Tina, we, we did start going to church all the time. And, and um, I'm so thankful. Um, in, in August of 2012, we were at actually Hillside Christian Church. And I just had um, just an overwhelming feeling. Uh, standing there and and just the Holy Spirit just grabbing a hold of me and I just just decided instantly right then I needed to be baptized and uh, so in August of 2012 I did get baptized um, wonderful day greatest day of my life um, after that you know the, um, the 2020 hit the COVID time hit and, and of course churches most churches kind of got to where they got out of the groove of allowing you to come and that did kind of get us out of the groove of going for a little bit. So there was probably a six month period there that we weren't um, attending church or, or staying plugged in, so to speak. Um, and then and then we decided, um, it was in fall of 20, to come visit the church at Bushland. Now I will say, after being a minister's wife for many years, I did, all I ever wanted to do was just be lost somewhere and not be seen or heard. I just wanted to be in the presence of Jesus and not have 
anybody look at me or notice who we were. Yeah. So we end up at the Peel Barn because that we were going to, we were going to get into a life group, but we were not going to get into a house because that's too close to people. We just want to stay in our little corner because that's who we are. And I'll be dad gum. He puts us at a table with everybody we know. Every single people person from, there we had a relationship with of some kind. From old churches to the hospital I worked at. To, that's true. It's God's sense of humor. That's my point. Yes. He does have a sense of humor. And then here we are today. Uh, yes. Hiding again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, after coming here and plugging in really good, you know, I've, I've, man, I've loved it. I've attended some wonderful things that we've done here. One of the things that really sticks out to me is um, uh, earlier this year, going to the men's retreat in Floyd Ada, I was able to take one of our sons, one of the twins with us. And um, yeah, that was a, that was an amazing time. I, I don't know that I've ever experienced much more joy than, than worshiping the Lord with your son, with 50-plus men, um, tears of joy running down everybody's face. I mean, what a, um, what a great time. What, a, what an experience for, a, for somebody that's never experienced that before. Um, just, just can't hardly put it into words, to be honest with you. Um, the, during that time, I was extremely convicted. Um, when I came home, and, and nothing about the sermon that Shep even did had anything to do with um, with drinking in any way, but I came home so convicted about um, about drinking. You know, I was a social drinker, drank alcohol socially, and um, man, the Lord just got a hold of me for some reason and, and convicted me about my drinking, and so uh, after that, I mean, I literally haven't had a drink again. I just... Uh, just being obedient to what what the Lord asked of me, um, and I feel so good from it too. I, it's just an amazing feeling. So I'm I'm just I'm so thankful for the things that the Lord has been doing through me, uh, and I'm thankful that I'm I'm paying attention and being obedient to what He's asking of me, like like getting on stage in front of all you guys as a, one of the things. Um, um, I did I did put down some verses here that uh, pertain to joy. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Uh, Romans 12, 12 says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affection, faithful in prayer. First Peter 1, 8 through 9 uh, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Uh, John 16, 24 says, Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3, 12, 12 and 13 says, I know that there is nothing better to people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. Um, and then um, Luke 2.10 is, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. 
Uh, those are some great verses that I looked up pertaining to joy. I'm, our whole point is uh, our lives have not been amazing or beautiful or easy in any way, shape, or form, but God definitely does bring beauty from the ashes and from the chaos and the ugliness. And even through every, I, we could spend all day with the stuff I've been through, doesn't matter. The whole point is that Jesus has brought us through every bit of it. And it's in every single second of that, stopping what you're doing and just thanking him for where you're at and knowing that he's going to see you through every single bit of it. And just remembering his word constantly. If you can't remember it, just get in it and read it and sing those songs of joy to him because he's going to, he's right with you through every situation. Amen. Um, we didn't talk about this, but, uh, uh. <laughs> You're going to be an OU fan. No, better. So I grew up a, uh, a huge fan of wrestling. Uh, I'm not talking about collegiate wrestling. I'm talking about wrestling, you know, Hulk Hogan, the Macho Man, you know. <laughs> Go a little further back where I show my age, you know, the Von Erichs, Dusty Rhodes. And uh, one of my favorite wrestlers was the nature boy, Ric oh. Flair. <laughs> so embarrassing. Oh, <laughs> So proud right now. <laughs> but uh, Ric Flair always was, uh, was quite the showman uh, on television, always had some one-liners that, that I'm sure many of you have heard. You know, the, he's a jet-flying, limousine-riding, kiss-stealing, <laughs> wheeling-dealing, son of a gun, and then, woo! You know, he always come out with his woo. Well, he had some other not not so known lines that uh, that were really well and i'm actually going somewhere with this believe it or not <laughs> he said uh, one of his one of his lines was you may not like it but you better learn to love it because it is the best thing going today and then you didn't uh, do that with real power i didn't i didn't i didn't want you to run me out of here uh, an, another one is uh one of his sayings was um you may not be the first but you can be next and you know, this was his trash talking to somebody all the time. But what, the reason those two stand out to me is um, you, you may not be the first in here to, to give it all to Jesus. You may not be the first to, to just let it go, let him have it. Um, let him give you the, the love, the peace, the joy that only Jesus can. Mm-hmm. And if you do, um, it is the best thing going today, for sure. Who so. would have thought you'd get that from Ric Flair? <laughs> He's the only one to pull off Ric Flair in a, in a service I've ever seen. So um, if you don't notice, we're talking about heavy circumstances and you're laughing. You're laughing. That's what Jason and Tina Eubanks, when I sit down with them, have a meal with them, I laugh the whole time. Um, and I don't think it's always that, but there is just something about the joy that God has put in them as the things that they've come through. And so as the worship band comes today, as they come back, I want you to think about something. And here's part of the, just the invitation today as you hear them talk. A lot of you could probably relate with their story. You can relate with some of the things that they've been through and the things they've gone through. Maybe today it's been a while since you felt joy in your salvation. Maybe you got to restore the joy of your salvation again. 
Maybe it's been a while since you've trusted him with something that hurts that's, that you've been through. What a better time than this morning of hearing a testimony from somebody in the crowd that sits with amongst you this week to testify to you, to tell you that God is good. Amen? And so this morning, we'll have our ministry teams down here. Um, if you need anything from Jesus, I promise you, he'll meet you right where you're at this morning. Um, and so if you'll stand together. We're going to pray us into the invitation. And let God minister to your heart. Let him have whatever he wants. The altar's open. You don't have to come to a ministry team if you just want to sit with Jesus. You can sit with Jesus in that chair if you need to. The invitation is what he wants. Not what we want. Not anything that we can create. He's in charge. Amen, church? And so you respond accordingly to what he wants. Jesus, we come. We thank you for all that you do. Man, we thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in people's lives. It's the reason we can get up in these pulpits every week and continue to preach is because you are alive and well and you're doing work in your people. God, we're thankful so much for every person that's here this morning that is here on purpose. God, you knew exactly this time, this day, this moment that they needed to hear this. And God, we just give this time to you. We just ask, God, that you would um, stir the hearts that need to be stirred. Use this time to glorify yourself. God, we love you. We thank you for their story. Thank you for Jason and Tina. We continue to pray blessings over their life, their business, and the things that they do, and, and just the connection with our church, God, that you would continue um, to just flourish them, Lord. We love you, and we thank you for all that you continue to do in our lives, and this is your time, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church of Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church of Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.